It doesn't have to be pretty. You just have to get the win, and that's what New Orleans did against the Blazers. So how did they do it, and what does this tell us about this Pelicans team? It's the Thursday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday. Pelicans get a win, 117-107 over the Portland Trailblazers, though it looked like for a second or two there, they might just kind of mess around, or as Antonio Daniels, sorry, the other AD, Antonio Daniels said on the broadcast they were playing with their food just a little too much, but they got the victory. How'd they do it, and what does it tell us about this team? There's a couple big takeaways from this one, I think. But before we get to all of that, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week for y'all. Wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, subscribe to the show, tell a friend, leave a five-star review. Did I mention it's free? No paywall or anything like that. Okay, so 117-107. This was a bit of a nerve-wracking game because first the Pelicans come out and they're just ready to smoke this team. CJ McCollum is 4 of 4. He's got 10 points. Brandon Ingram was attacking. They were playing inspired defense. They get out to like a 19-8 lead, and then that quickly evaporated. This team just started playing around, just not really trying on defense, I think, assuming, and not wrongly so, that they could just kind of waltz in and beat this Portland Trailblazers team very easily. We know they're not good enough to do that just yet. Again, we've talked about it, right? The defense is... A work in progress, and that might be putting it lightly. They leave open shooters, particularly in the corners, and from three, way too often. They struggle at times with point of attack contain, allowing dribble penetration, causing a scramble, causing rotations, which leads to those open shooters. And you saw a lot of that. And the Portland Trailblazers shot six of nine, six of eight from three in the first quarter. And New Orleans found themselves trailing. Not a great situation to be in. And then usually, not usually, then for the rest of the, more or less the rest of the game until the fourth, the second and third quarters, it was back and forth. They'd have some runs, then they would play bad defense. They were frustrated a little bit by the zone that Portland threw at them, but started to figure that out and finally started hitting their shots. And then regression to the mean happened, similar to what happened to the Lakers game, where the Lakers and their shooting was just not sustainable. And then on the night, you look at it and realize, oh yeah, Portland started really bricking some threes. 14 of 42, they went for, they made a third. It's a bad number. They're not a good three-point shooting team anyway. And then you had the fourth quarter in the second half where guys just started making the right type of plays. The big men took over for periods. We'll talk about that in the next segment. You had spark plug role players in Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall playing excellent basketball in this one. And then despite an off-shooting night, you had Brandon Ingram really in control. So when I said, what is it in the open? What does this tell us about this Pelicans team? It tells us that Brandon Ingram has grown so much, and you already knew this, grown so much as a player that he's capable of 
impacting the game, even when he's shooting four of 12 from the field. Four of 12. But you know what? Dude scored 19 points. More importantly, he had six assists. He got to the line 13 times in this one. His shot wasn't falling. No problem. In the second half, he went to the line 10 times alone. Going out there, trying to just make plays. Four assists. Working off ball. When he had the ball and they were sending two at him, he was passing. When he had it one-on-one, he just decided he was going to play downhill and attack. And this whole team really did. Brandon Ingram in the second half, 10 free throws. The Portland Trailblazers, three. That's how you impact a game when your shot's not falling. Do it in other ways. And Brandon Ingram is not just a one-dimensional player. He's not just a one-dimensional scorer. He's a guy that can go out and get it done multiple ways. The shot (laughs) wasn't there, so he's going to attack. When they throw a different look at him, all right, I'm just going to pass out. It was... A tremendous performance from him, actually. And he's a big part, everyone's really in this one, a big part of why the team won. But it also shows you that down the stretch, he can lead you in a different way than being that go-to score. Something that Portland was just really missing in this, as no one for them could really start to get a bucket down the stretch as New Orleans started to pull away. But Brandon Ingram, his play, much needed, excellent, good job filling up the stat sheet in other ways. So coming up next... Jackson Hayes, Jonas Valanciunas playing a big role, particularly in the second half. Basically, everything was like the second half for the Pelicans in this game. Let's talk about what they did and why that's important for New Orleans going forward. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. NBA Top Shot is the future of what being a fan looks like. It's part trading cards, part stock market, part fantasy sports with a built-in loyalty program. And NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of card grading, shoe boxes, binders. Their 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace lets you scroll through all of your favorite players and teams. I just bought a Herb Jones moment, his first moment on there from his rookie season. It's a dunk. It's awesome. And it lets you find your favorite players and teams. And once you find the moment you've been looking for, I wanted that Herb Jones one. You can buy it in just a couple of clicks. Now, I hear all the time, why would I buy something that I could watch on YouTube for free? And I tell those people it's not about watching a highlight. It's about having an ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. And owning NBA Top Shot moments can get you access to unbuyable once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Last year, Top Shot flew out a group of fans to Phoenix for Game 5 of the NBA Finals just because they owned a lot of Phoenix Suns moments. The following week, they flew a bunch of people out to the NBA draft. They got to play basketball with Obi Toppin and have dinner with future first-round picks just for having a lot of rookie moments. So you can sign up for NBA Top Shot today. The best way to start getting is by getting yourself a starter pack. I just had one and I opened a Jose Alvarado moment, his first one ever in there. So you can pull a moment of a superstar like LeBron, KD, or star rookies just for $9. So head over to LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to start building your collection today. Again, that is LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. 
All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week, no paywall. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You cannot get all the context just from a box score. Listen to the person who's there covering the team on a nightly basis. All right, so we're talking about the Pelicans' 117-107 win over the Portland Trail Blazers. This game, by the way, puts them up a game and a half over the Los Angeles Lakers for te- uh, for ninth. And they're two games up now on the San Antonio Spurs, who lost last night as well. So a little bit of breathing room, though not something that you want to just kind of assume they're going to get. But it's nice to have a little bit of separation from those other teams that are chasing them in the standings. All right, so what did we learn about this Pelicans team in this game, right? Sometimes you just got to win ugly and just get a win. Not, You know, you play 82 games. They're not all going to just go according to plan. You're much better than this team, so you should go out and beat them. It doesn't work like that. And Portland had some guys that are looking to try and make their mark in the NBA. Just stay in the NBA, right? And so those guys are going to come out and play hungry because their careers and millions of dollars are on the line for them if they have that, if they do. And... The Pelicans had a counter to it. With a lot of players shut <laughs> shut down for the Portland Trailblazers, they were playing really small lineups, really small lineups at times. And New Orleans took advantage. Drew Eubanks, their starting center, is 6-9. New Orleans should be able to feast in the front court. And you know what? It took them a little bit to get going, but they did. In the third quarter, Jackson Hayes took over for a period in that quarter. 11 points during that run, helping New Orleans. He was four or five. He made a three, stepping into it with confidence and made two free throws. When he has a size advantage like that, when he's playing out there on the perimeter where no one really has an idea of how quick he is, he can make some plays. He's a lob threat, right? You can easily get him the ball down low and he can score and go to work and take advantage of his size and his leap ability over others. And same for Jonas Valanciunas, who really need who, who had a f- rough first half, I thought, but really started to get it going in the second half. 14.7 rebounds for the Pelicans starting center. In the first half, he just scored five points and had four boards. But in the second half, he realized he had an advantage and he went to work, particularly in the fourth quarter where he scored 10 of those points. He was a perfect four of four. Use your advantage and press it. That's what they did. That's what they needed to do. This teaches you that if teams go small against New Orleans, one, Valanciunas will make you pay. Absolutely will make you pay. He's a big dude, right? You see him play with his back to the basket. He's kind of throwing his weight into a guy. And it works. He gets closer to the basket. He has that little running hook shot he can do, a little bunny, if you will, and he can score with those. And then Jax just makes those athletic plays that a lot of centers and power forwards just aren't prepared for him and really don't know how to defend. And that's what really worked for New Orleans. That was where the advantage was. Other guys were off, right? (coughs) You saw Brandon Ingram not shooting the ball well. You had Devontae Graham go one of five in this game, right? You needed to get your offense from somewhere. CJ McCollum struggled a little bit shooting on the night in the second half. So use your big men when they have a significant size advantage over them. You saw Jackson Hayes get that offensive rebound put back little running thing that was just due to him being an athletic freak. 
He hung in the air for what seems to defy gravity and be way too long. And he does that, and it lets him get the ball and put it back in. On a play that like, he had no business making. And he does. So if a team wants to counter New Orleans and go small, they're going to make you pay. If they end up playing the Lakers in the first round, right, it's Anthony Davis at center and whoever at power forward, they might be able to make you play with a size advantage there. You know, it's not quite the same when AD's at five and who knows if he will, but you get what I'm trying to say. And so they have that ability to counter those small ball lineups with a killer big man center and then a springy power forward also center who can make the most of those type of minutes. And they're a big reason why New Orleans was able to win this game in the second half. Again, it's not necessarily easy. Playing back to the basket, post-up basketball isn't going to be the most fun and flashy type of thing. And in this day and age in the NBA, it's not always the most efficient. But when you have a big man who can score like Valanciunas does, yeah, it's going to be absolutely okay. And you have what Jackson Hayes can do. That's definitely going to work. So we learn they're capable of doing that, at least against like kind of subpar teams. But a lot of the teams that they're playing going forward really kind of fit into that bucket, including Portland, again, in New Orleans. So as I keep coughing for some reason, coming up next, role players doing their thing that they really need to do. Coming up here, we'll talk about Jose Alvarado and Najee Marshall. I'm going to hit the mute button and just cough so you guys don't have to deal with that. Then we'll go into the next thing. Okay, I'm back now. Let's do it. Okay, so that's all coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion in New Orleans this coming weekend. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info for all the latest odds, contests, and player props. Whatever it is, you name it, it's over at BetOnline.net. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. They even had the Pelicans winning this game during the live betting. If you believed in this team, you could have gotten on there, made a little bit of money by betting the Pelicans in the second half. And look, it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including that live betting like I was just talking about in your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action over at betonline.net. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week, no paywall. And now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold and all of the crazy developments in <laughs> this everything going on right with the nfc south a lot there bruce arians out or, or like retiring as head coach of the bucks what does that mean like what does that mean i don't know i'm gonna listen to locked on saints and find out make sure that they are your second listen every day all right so we are talking about the pelicans 117 107 win over the portland trailblazers again it's not always going to be pretty but can you find ways to win the pelicans did that can you press your advantages when you're having a bit of an off night? The Pelicans did that. And in a sense, that kind of makes it a good win, doesn't it? Like if you find a way to do it when just things are working against you and the other team is playing out of their mind, I don't know, I feel pretty good about that. And the team being able to accomplish things when that's the case. So looking at it, good win for the Pelicans, especially because it gives them a little bit more breathing room in the standings as well. But two guys I want to shout out. First, 
Jose Alvarado, and to a lesser extent, Herb Jones in this one. I mean, he did the thing again, right? Like, he did the thing again. He stood, Jose Alvarado stood in the corner, looked like he was on the bench, and as the team inbounds the ball, he just runs from behind and picks their pocket when they're not expecting it at all. It's in the scouting report at this point, right? Or is it not? Or if it is, are they not reading it? Come on. Everyone knows this is the thing now, and he keeps pulling it off. And then he kept getting the ball at other times. The dude just has a nose for the ball. And you, you, you've got to give him so much credit, right? Like, he has the makings, the makeup physically of a player that shouldn't be successful in the NBA, but because of his drive, the way he plays, the mentality he has, he's got a guaranteed contract, which we said was going to happen, right? Four steals on the night for Jose Alvarado. Four steals for Herb Jones as well. They needed defense in this one. And a lot of those steals turned into easy transition points for New Orleans. Defense turning into offense. Sign me up for more of that. And look, you need that, right? You need another guard to play well. Because Devontae Graham isn't one of five from this. Jose Alvarado made the same amount of threes as Devontae Graham did. And Jose Alvarado didn't take a three. Devontae Graham has been struggling. He gives you no defense. Jose Alvarado played fewer minutes than him by like 24 seconds less. But still, at this point, he needs to probably start to take a bigger role. I get that Willie Green is trusting the vet a little bit more here, but look, they're both equally undersized. One of them is making an impact out there on the court. Alvarado had six points, along with three assists. I don't quite he should be getting more minutes than than Devonte Graham. I get you need Devonte Graham shooting, but he's not making shots, right? Like he's not actually giving you shooting at this point. He has had one good game in the past month, it feels like. You know, he has really struggled. And again, I've talked about this, right? He's a 12 million dollar player. It's not like he should be this amazing thing, but he was kind of the big offseason acquisition to a degree for New Orleans and they included a first round pick in that trade for him when they actually didn't need to do that. So, because of that, yeah, you know, he's got kind of outsized expectations that maybe isn't the most fair to him. But right now, what's he shooting on the season? He's still shooting 34% from three on the season, which isn't, like, good, but I guess it's not abysmal. Herb Jones is shooting better than him. Um, but you should probably start to give those minutes to Jose Alvarado over a guy like Devontae Graham because you do need those backup guard minutes to at least be a little bit higher quality. Then you've also got Najee Marshall, who... If you were around me at the game on Saturday against the Spurs, I was cracking some jokes about his usage rate. Same on um, Sunday against the Lakers, too. But he's actually had a couple of very good games recently, and he was key for New Orleans in this one. Eight points off the bench. Just made one shot, but got to the line six times. He has this aggressive streak to him that I like, and he wants to play downhill. Sometimes it's like... Yeah, man, it's not actually your time, but you're thinking it's your time, so you're just going to go and you're going to take some shots and you're going to make some plays. And mm, You probably could have held the ball a little bit longer and worked it around a little bit more. But in a game like this, when, no, like someone just needs to step up and do something, he's perfect for it. He was aggressive in getting downhill and trying to go attack the basket and put some pressure on this Portland defense. And he's also played good defense himself. He's got good tools being a lanky wing. You know, he's not a lead at that, but he actually handled LeBron James somewhat well on Sunday. 
So when we look at this performance from him, I'm pretty happy with it. Spark plug guys off the bench that give you energy while the starters took you home in this one. And B.I. and Valanchunas, sometimes you need your bench guys to step up and just hold their own for a little bit. For a little bit. And that's what Najee Marshall and Jose Alvarado really provided this team. That's why there's a big part of why they won. They're capable of stepping up and doing this. And if Najee Marshall can really kind of find that right role, he's an asset to this team. And he's been playing well lately. And also, quick shout out in this one to Trey Murphy as well. He had a couple of big threes in the second half that this team really needed to really get going. And so going two of four from three in the second half for six points, yeah, they need him to make those shots. They need threes made to help space the court and help with some of the math. He stepped up too. So again, you saw three things. B.I. is capable of making a massive impact in the game in a variety of ways. Go small against New Orleans, and I actually believe they're going to be able to really punish you for doing that. And you got some spark plugs off the bench. So it's an ugly win, but you need that. And it shows the Pelicans can get those gritty wins. And this is good experience going forward to close the season out on a high note and a strong note. And hopefully we'll see some of this pay dividends in the playing tournament. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. I'm at a hotel again, so sorry for some of the noise here. It's also like a loud, massive party outside. And I'll be back home tomorrow. So we'll be back in the usual recording setup. The audio will be a little bit better. So thanks for bearing with me as I was out here for work the past couple of days. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.